Happy Friday, everyone. On today's Locked On NHL, the Florida Panthers come back in overtime to get their first win in the Stanley Cup final. Plus, the Leafs hire Shane Doan, and we've got some sign-in trades to talk about and a look ahead to the NHL Combine weekend all on today's show. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here each and every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. How are we doing today, Gil? We are good. And Rachel, we have a series. We do. Of course, the Florida Panthers came back to win in overtime last night. Uh, The series now stands at two to one, still in favor of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Verhage with that OT winner after they came back and tied it on a pulled goalie goal which you always love to see uh i think that you know it was good for florida obviously to win uh goes without saying but in terms of the effort i thought it was a really interesting game in that i don't know that florida played that great but they figured out a way to win somehow they did i mean i don't think they were the better team when you break down the entire game you know minute by minute but they kept it close and then late in the game, they find a way to tie it up and look who, who else gets that tying goal, but Matthew Kachuk, who has been so very clutch for the Florida Panthers throughout this series. And, you know, they, they did just enough to find a way, but that's what they needed to, to sort of change the momentum of the series. Obviously you don't want to fall behind three, nothing and to send the home fans home happy with a win And now uh, we know we're going back to Vegas for sure for game five and game uh, four becomes a very pivotal game as far as how this series is going to unfold. Yeah, that, of course, uh, game four will take place tomorrow. uh, Saturday night Uh, should be a really exciting one. Um, Got to see the rats on the ice, which is always a good time with Florida. I do want to talk about a couple of things. We'll get to Sergei Bobrovsky and how he played in that game. But I want to talk about the special team situation because that has been a huge part of the conversation with this series and comparing the two teams. And, you know, this game, you know, we were just talking that Florida did not have the best game overall. This was like emblematic of the the difference between these two teams here. So the Panthers were 0 for 5 on the power play. Vegas was 2 for 6 on the power play in this game. And 
you know, I, I think this defies the pattern that we've seen to some degree. But uh, and, you know, Florida is obviously still way in the negative uh, on penalties drawn versus taken for the playoffs overall. Uh, there's no way for them to come back from this, I think, to break even in the end. But, yeah, I think, you know, the fact that Florida found a way to win despite being 0 for 5 on the power play and, you know, missing out on a lot of quality chances. Yeah, it's big and it's not an easy thing to overcome for most teams. And I think the fact that they were able to overcome it really shows sort of the determination and and the quality of this team. Because, you know, if you're minus two in a hockey game on special teams, that is very difficult to overcome, especially in the playoffs where, you know, time and space are to premium and special teams become even more important than they are in the regular season. And yet, you know, they gritted it out. And do I think Florida was overwhelmingly better five on five? No, not over the course of the whole (laughs) 64-plus minutes of the game, but they found a way to get it done. And their big players, you know, Verhage and Kachuk, uh, getting, you know, the two key goals, you know, they just came up big when they needed to, and it was a very, very emotional win for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to me because it was very clear. Like you look at the Vegas power play, that is a fun power play to watch. Like you watch their puck movement, you watch how they change their structure, depending on where the open lanes are. And you can see why they've been successful and, and why they got the power play goals that they did in that game. And then you look at Florida's and it's just so haphazard and like, they, it feels like they're the team in desperation mode when they're on the power play in a lot of ways. Now, sometimes they are because they're behind in the game. Right. But I think that uh, I think that's one of the things to me that's so impressive about the Vegas team is that um, they understand what their team is and their structure so that like whether it's five on five or on power play, they make those adjustments and utilize their top players, you know, in the right ways in order to be successful. And that to me, I think, you know, while Vegas to me, isn't the more fun team, I think they're just uh, a wonderful team to watch play. Like if you want to see like, what is your textbook hockey, how Vegas is playing, this whole playoffs, let alone this series, is just spot on. And and think about it. you got to give credit to the coaching staff for that because what you're Absolutely. essentially saying is the coaching staff sees what they have, maximizes the talent they have on the ice, sees what the other team is trying to do and makes adjustments. That is textbook coaching. That's what a coach is paid to do. And it's good to see uh, that – this coaching staff is being rewarded for it by making the Stanley cup final. And now they, they have a chance of actually winning the Stanley cup. They do. And, you know, going over to the Bobrovsky conversation, obviously he'd struggled in the first couple of games uh, in the series and even got pulled for Alex Lyon uh, at one point. And I feel like this was not, like the most stellar game we've seen from him, but it was a good solid game. And I feel like it kind of got him back in the right mindset to maybe carry that forward into game four. Yeah. It's all about confidence. And when you have a couple of shaky games, especially to start a Stanley cup final series, 
you know, that can, that can lower your confidence or just, you know, you're not feeling like you're in the zone today or last night. He played well enough to get that confidence back. And that is a critical thing for the Florida Panthers if they want to get back into the series and win it. Yeah, uh, he had uh, 25 saves on 27 shots. So, you know, Vegas didn't get a massive amount of shots on goals. It's a pretty like mid-low shot total when all was said and done, but a 926 save percentage. And again, that's just a real solid game. And, you know, he's, they struggled on the penalty kill, as we just talked about. And that's where, you know, the, those two goals came from. But I, I do really think that this was a, a needed kind of game for Bobrovsky to move forward into game four. And and now, obviously, we are going to have a game five. Yeah, no. And Bobrovsky, look, the Panthers need Bobrovsky to be bringing his A game if they're going to win this series. So. Getting him back on track, critical for the Florida Panthers. And look, you know, I, I don't have uh, any particular ties to either of these two teams. As a hockey fan, I wanted to see a good series. Now it, it's a series. I didn't want to see it end in four games. Yeah. So, what's your take on game four? And can they carry this momentum over from overtime to tie up the series? Or is Vegas just going to snap right back into place and, and carry this one? I, I think, <clears throat> I think game four will be a one goal game again. And I think we now have a series. I, I still think Vegas is going to win the series. I think they are the, the deeper team out of these two. But now, we have the potential to make this a six or seven game series, which I personally would like to see. Um, I, I think Vegas still wins in six. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I think that's about right. I, I could see Florida winning this next game, um, but then I see Vegas winning it out at that point where they say enough is enough. We're just going <laughs> to lock this down. Very possible. All right. Well, there's a lot more to talk about with all the activities for the other teams in the NHL. Uh, we have a couple of sign-and-trade situations to talk about, plus a new member of the Toronto Maple Leafs staff. And we will do that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Attention active individuals. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your activewear? Introducing Bird Dogs, the game changer in athletic shorts. They're premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. And with their unique built-in liner, these shorts offer ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring that you stay comfortable during even the most intense workouts. And here's the best part. Bird Dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take with you from the gym to the street. They're made with premium, breathable fabric that keeps you cool and dry throughout all your activities. Order your pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, enter promo code LockedOnNHL, and you'll get a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Bird Dogs, where style meets comfort and performance meets perfection, Get yours now and unleash your true potential. All right, Gil. So looking at news from around the NHL, uh, 
we got some interesting news out of Toronto that Shane Doan will be joining their management team as an assistant GM. And um, it, it's a real interesting hire there. Of course, Shane Doan was the captain of the Arizona Coyotes for a very long time. Um, he, you know, had worked behind the scenes with the Coyotes for a little bit, but now Toronto has obviously moved on from Kyle Dubas and hired uh, Brad Treliving as their new GM. And uh, it seems like Doan will be part of this administration. Uh, what is your take on on this hire? Well, uh, certainly, <clears throat> you know, uh, a really good player during the course of his career. I like the fact that he's getting back into uh, the management side of things after taking, what was it, a year off? And, mm -hmm. it, you know, to build up your uh, your front office this way is good. Part of me would like to have seen Shane Doan be involved with the Coyotes organization, but I can't blame him for wanting to be elsewhere in Toronto for so many people. Uh you know, that's uh, that's a dream job, and, and certainly it comes with a lot of pressure. I, I think it's a good hire, and I'm eager to see what Doan adds to the mix. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it is interesting, especially given the whole Austin Matthews of it all, <laughs> in that, you know, his contract is coming up, and, you know, there was always these, like, uh, I would say unrealistic, but valid hopes and dreams of Arizona fans. <laughs> that maybe Austin Matthews would find his way to Arizona at some point and having Shane Doan as part of an Arizona management could have affected that. But now that, you know, Doan is on the Toronto side of things, I think that dashes that hope, at least, you know, for the next contract for Austin Matthews at any rate. But I think, you know, the fact that Doan was a part of Arizona where Austin Matthews grew up, um, there is that connection there that could help in the the negotiations for that contract. It certainly couldn't hurt, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in addition to Shane Doan joining the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, there's a couple of sign and trade situations. One is in discussions, and one looks like it's final uh, as of recording, or close to final as of recording with a. Damon Severson uh, going to Columbus where the Devils sign the contract and send him to Columbus uh, eight years, 6.25 million. The Devils will receive a 2023 third round pick, which was originally Calgary's uh, as payment for brokering this deal. And uh, Columbus is doing things, I guess, huh? Yeah, no, they they are actively working to improve their team. Imagine that. Uh, Islander fans are certainly <laughs> not uh, relating to that right now. But I, I think this is a, a solid pickup by the Blue Jackets, and the Devils were going to lose him anyway. So I think right. it's sort of a win-win in this situation. The cap number is not outrageously high. It's a little higher, but... Anytime you have a potential free agent, you're going to overpay to an extent. I, I think this deal makes sense for both teams, and I like it all the way around. And certainly, uh, like you said, the Blue Jackets are, are taking steps to actively improve their roster for the upcoming season. Yeah, the question becomes, will this actually be an improvement? Because 
both of these defensemen that they've picked up in Severson and Ivan Provorov are good defensemen that have had mixed results, right? Mm -hmm. And defense was a huge part of the problem with Columbus this past season. Now they had a Mm. ridiculous amount of injuries and uh, it, it was just awful what the Blue Jackets had to go through on that front. But um, this would, in some ways, uh, more solidify what their blue line looks like. Uh, of, of course, uh, Zach Wierenski should be coming back. Uh, David Yerichek, their draft pick, um, that is a, an excellent defenseman, uh, excellent prospect, could round out um, the core of their blue line. And so I think there is definitely potential there. It's just whether or not Severson can thrive in the environment of Columbus and then if Ivan Provorov can turn things around. And those are two huge questions. So they're making some some really big bets here and, and taking some swings <clears throat> to see if this, in fact, will help them. And we don't know that <clears throat> just yet. But at the same time, if you look at the depth chart on the blue line for the Columbus Blue Jackets, it's a lot stronger now than it was yep. a week ago. So, you know, yes. Uh, these are players that come with some question marks and you need them to perform on the better side of their potential rather than sort of back to the to the inconsistencies that they've shown. But at the same time, you're deeper and more talented now than you were a week ago at the position. And that's a definite positive for a team that struggled as much as the Blue Jackets did last year. Yeah. I think so. And they will be a fascinating team to watch going into next season and to see if they can uh, make those improvements that they are working on with these deals. The other potential sign and trade situation is with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So he has said through his agent that he does not want to sign an extension with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, So we're looking at a potential sign and, and trade here. And Um, It looks like PLD is going to submit a list of teams that he's interested in signing with long-term, you know, give, give the Jets some options here, but you know, those teams have to want him too. So there's some, there's some risk here. Um, There's talk that maybe Montreal would be one of those teams uh, under consideration and then try and figure out a contract. But um, I think that when you, when you do it this way, that there's no, uh, team like with Severson, you know, it's like Columbus was the team that the trade was happening right. with. But with Pierre Luc Dubois, like that is a question mark, and it could be a little bit riskier for everybody involved. No question. But look, here here is a guy who was the third overall pick in the draft. He's only twenty four. He's got good size. He's coming off a career high sixty three point season. Uh, He is going to help some team. The question, though, with Winnipeg and, you know, Winnipeg is now a team that's sort of retooling or rebuilding, you know, what can they get value for the guy? Because it's a shame to see a young, talented player like that leave the Jets, who now are probably going to take a couple of steps back. And, you know, you get the feeling Connor Hellebuck might get traded this offseason. It Things are changing in Winnipeg and in the short run, probably not for the better. Yeah. And, you know, you look at what assets, you know, are are out there. I think, you know, the return or the payment for the sign and trade is going to have to be higher 
than it was for Severson, which was, oh, yeah. you know, that that third round pick. And so they got to be looking for teams with, you know, high second round picks available. Maybe it's probably the right look or a late first round pick even here. Um and so I think, yeah, the, the payment is going to have to be uh, really, really high to, to make this sign and trade. It, it is. And then, you know, to me, it, a team like Winnipeg that doesn't have a high budget, maybe they want to add a, a young prospect that's already a year or two post-draft that's highly regarded that they could, you know, use and have him play at a lower salary for the first couple of years that might also be in their interest more short term where they could replace the talent that is leaving winnipeg that is also a valid option so we could end up with a pick and a prospect or just a prospect uh, as part of the deal i will be interested to see how winnipeg handles that negotiation moving forward uh, in the meantime, again, you know, the rest of the NHL is doing things while the <laughs> Stanley Cup final is happening. And uh, one of those things is the NHL Combine. And we are going to talk all about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app, it's great for getting notified about those last-minute tickets and their flash deals. Plus, and this is the most important thing for me, you can get all those views from your seat before you buy the ticket. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference and the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you'll never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, Gil, we have the NHL Combine this week, and this weekend has already been going on, uh, started uh, earlier this week. Uh, But, you know, the weekdays are mostly the meetings that take place between these prospects and uh, NHL executives from around the league. They invited 106 prospects to the Combine. Uh, that are supposedly the top ones eligible in this draft of of those that can make it. Mm -hmm. Um, They do these one-on-one interviews with the hockey ops departments. And then um, starting today and tomorrow, they have the infamous physical tests uh, Mm -hmm. that all of the players go through, including that um, really tough uh, wind test on the bike which looks like absolute torture every time I watch it. Um, And they do some strength and conditioning uh, testing. They do, they have like a medical evaluation um, and such. But, uh, you know, I think that while the combine can have an effect on the draft in terms of what the physical tests are, it's really the interviews that I think are the heart of the combine. Yeah, that's always important. It, it, 
humanizes the players. And, you know, I think the interviews are the kind of thing that if two players are closely uh, ranked on a team's board, the, the player that interviews better will get, you know, ranked higher. And, and it sort of separates guys who are very close uh, in in value on a team's board. And, you know, that's how you, you make those last minute decisions as to who you really want on your team. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that you can also glean from these interviews is information about other players than the one you are mm -hmm. currently interviewing. And so if you want to like a sneaky way to find out about a player, you invite one of their current teammates to interview. Right. And you, you get to ask them about their teammates and, and how they play as well and what their work ethic is. And so there, there's ways to utilize these interviews that isn't just directly interviewing a player of interest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, teams have figured that out. And, and you know, you, you could talk about teammates. You could talk about players you played against. Mm -hmm. uh, always, you know, information that can be gleaned. But, you know, there's also some un fairness or, or some difficulties here because Russian players and players from Belarus not able to attend uh, the, <clears throat> the combine and therefore they can't be interviewed and that's going to hurt some of their draft stock, I would assume. Um, I'm not sure about that entirely, but... Um, I think that it's definitely a possibility in terms of if, if there's something they need to talk to the player about and they, they can't figure out a way to do it otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it could have an effect. I think the, uh, the other interesting effect is men's world, where there are some draft-eligible prospects who played in the tournament, including Adam Fantilli, uh, who is expected to go second overall or third at, at the lowest. And you know, he did not have time to prep for these physical tests. And so it, it's, uh, it, I think that that kind of difference in the participation um, isn't going to have an impact for him. Let's be real, but no. it could for some other guys. Yeah, he's going to go second. So yeah, <laughs> I think so as well. Yeah. And, you know, he is also talking about maybe going back to Michigan for another season. So We'll see how that goes. That's one of the pieces of news that have come out of the the combine so far with all of these interviews and people trying to read the tea leaves on as to which teams are interviewing who and how all of that works. And uh, yeah, I though um, I'm excited to see some of the highlight videos from the physical tests that they go through, the standing horizontal jump and then the vertical jump. I think is uh, are always fun. It's it just always. Uh, a question to me in terms of how some of these tests translate into hockey skill. I think it just shows like what you're like, how you work out off ice. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, they're always looking for ways to separate these players and rank them in some way. So uh, I guess if you're measuring pure athletic ability, I would hope scouts know and general managers know how it translates on the ice, but uh, yeah, that, some of these drills, you sort of wonder how that does fit in. Yeah. And I know they've changed what these tests are over the years a, a little bit um, where, you know, I think they used to do a, a straight up like squat test. Right. In, or like have a grip strength test uh, that they might not do anymore. Uh, so 
I, again, it's it's a I think a wacky science to figure out what tests they want these guys to do. Um, but I do think the aerobic and anaerobic tests are are important because that is a clear indicator of fitness. Yeah, absolutely. And and you want to know how hard these guys work, that they keep themselves in shape, that they're willing to uh, that they're, they're, they're dedicated, that they're dedicated to being the best player they can be. And that when you're drafting someone speaks volumes. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have uh, media availabilities with the players today. Those physical tests are tomorrow. So I think they show them on NHL Network sometimes. Uh, so check it out if if you can. And uh, that will do it for today's show. Of course, Gil will be back on Monday talking with hosts from around the league about the latest and greatest with their teams. I'm guessing you might want to talk to Columbus. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and enjoy the rest of the Stanley Cup final.